Welcome to From the Beal End, and we're looking back on this weekend's defeat at Arsenal, a 3-1 loss. I'm Simon Evans, and with me is Andrew Greaves, Paul Woodhouse, and Justin Connolly. No Chris Borden today, he's not feeling so good, isn't Chris? Um, we always seem to have one one of us knocked out with uh, injury or suspension or, or work issues or whatever, but um, good, good crew of four of us here today, and... I would think uh, a little bit more of a positive uh, vibe about it after that performance. Before we get into it all, just a well done to uh, our listener, John Robertson, and all those who sort of followed his uh, suggestion, really, of running a mile for Lyle and showing a bit of support for Lyle Foster as he uh, deals with his troubles. Um, and we saw that even even over on this side of the pond, JJ Watt uh, took part in it as well. So well done, everyone. I think that's a nice gesture from Burnley fans uh, um, showing showing their concern for Lyle and uh, you know raising an important issue there. Let's talk Arsenal then, um, Justin. Mm. How did you feel about that one? Um, <clears throat> I, I'm going to be optimistic about it again. I, I think. Um, I mean, it, it was a game that we didn't expect to get anything out of, and and, the, and in the end we didn't, did we? But. I still think, despite that, it was it didn't kind of go the way we all expected it to. It was another sort of quite solid defensive display, um, obviously in open play. Um, you know, we kept them at bay um, for for long periods of the game. We had a couple of decent chances, one great chance. You know, we could have had one or two more goals. So. On another day, it could have gone a different way. It's a shame that we come away empty-handed again, but I do think that there is some, um, you know, much cause for sort of optimism given the run of the next six games we've got before Christmas. I think um, if we carry on down the down the road we've we've started on um, in the last game against um, Bournemouth, no Bournemouth, no, it was uh, Crystal Palace, Palace, wasn't it? Crystal Palace, same same lineup against Palace uh, uh, as a, as at Arsenal, and you know same sort of solid basis for the creative players up front to to do something. So yeah, I'm 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 still not panicking. <laughs> Greaves, it, it it felt it looked a better shape. It looked like a team that sort of knew a bit more what they were trying to do. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah I think. Vincent mentioned disciplined and mature performance, and I think it probably was. You know what I mean? I think Justin mentioned there, same lineup as Palace. I think part of the problem is we've chopped and changed so much that nobody ever really settles and nobody can improve in the position they're in. But I'm the same as Justin. I mean, you know me. I've, I've said we're going to survive. I think Justin also said on uh, Friday's episode we're going to survive. We are in the, the kind of positive camp. But I just think Vitinho for me, is kind of the evidence that keeping players in the side 
giving them a, a chance to improve in their position will end up getting us where we want to be. I think Vitinho of these last two games has been much improved. He's looked more comfortable going forward and defensively. I mean, he, he was up against, um, I forgot the name of the uh, the Brazilian. Is it Martinelli? Someone, Martinelli, I think, isn't it? Um, and he looked, he looked good against him. You know what I mean? Didn't cause him any problems. He's caused some defenders a lot of problems this season. Um, Colliosho was slowly getting more and more and more out of Colliosho. Again, Tommy Asu, I was saying on the WhatsApp group, really liked Tommy Asu as a as defender. But he showed great strength to to get beyond him and pull the ball back for Brownhill. Yeah, we've got to stamp out them that defensive frailty. I mean, how Saka is beating Bear in the air, and O'Shea's done that thing again where. I don't know whether he just thinks the ball's going to drift out of play beyond the back post, but he's not brave enough. I mean, you know, Trossard, epitome of bravery. He goes straight into the post, ends up with, you know, a bit of an arm injury, still comes out for the second half. We're just too brittle, too soft. I think it's a second goal into it's a Libra. There's a, there's a, a, a still. And James Trafford, I think he's hiding behind Saliba. And then tries to come from behind to get the ball. And by that point, Saliba's already put the ball in the back of the net. You know, Arsenal very rarely hang up corners in the six-yard box. But they knew that were brittle there. So, lots to be optimistic about. If we can keep improving individual performances, like we have done with Vitinho, like we have done with Kolyosho, I thought Jay played a much better role. I think he kind of settled into that dropping deep again. The midfield two look good. Berg probably Berg probably man of the match again for us. But it is, yeah, shape, discipline, maturity, lots to be positive about, lots to yeah. be negative about as well defensively. Yeah, we'll get on to that defensive stuff in a bit a bit more detail in a bit. Woody though, what what were your overall impressions? Probably the same as everybody else. It was nice to see a performance that built on the Palace performance. The fact that we didn't chop and change, the fact that we uh, fielded an identical side was quite a shock. It took me five minutes to work that one out. But what I think Berger at six is looking a far more accomplished player and also seeing J-Rod dropping in and dropping off and being able to play off him, that has been quite a nice little revelation these past couple of weeks. Um, and so, yeah, even though we're still languishing with four points, etc., um, we don't look like we're going to score a second goal as long as there's a month, uh, you know, any kind of month of Sundays. But um, I think there's a, there is still a lot of positives, but obviously our position belies that somewhat. It does, and we still lost the game three one. And I think you know, Greaves, Greaves has raised that point there about the defending, and and we we can't avoid the sort of James Trafford question. I don't think after that game because. You know, I would argue on the first goal, um, you, you can't point the finger and say it was totally his fault. But a lot of goalkeepers come out and claim balls in their six-yard box. And they've got the benefits mm. of referees will give them a foul. If they're challenged in any way, they can go with confidence for those balls. On the second one, he's, he's got to do got to do better. is a, a euphemism, an understatement, really. He's done badly on that second goal, I think. Mm. Um I saw somebody on 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 the Clarets message board sort of summed it all up really and said, "Are we not just asking too much of a twenty-one year old to uh, 
we were talking about, you know, oh, his ability with his feet, he's not getting us going, playing out from the back and all that. Then we expect him to be like a great shot stopper, which he does look like he has that in his locker. Mm. Uh, that was a brilliant save that he tipped on to, onto the bar. Um, and then command his box and so on in the, in the Premier League when he, he just he seems to be struggling with that side of it, doesn't he? I mean, Justin, he, he, have we got to the stage with Trafford? I think we've got to the stage now with Trafford where it's doing him more harm than good him being in the side. I, I don't think he's learning from this process. I think he's probably having his confidence damaged. He looked he looked a bit that way yesterday. He but... did, yeah. I mean, I think I think at the end of the day they 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 knew that it was going to be difficult to beat us by trying to play through us like they normally do, you know, all that tippy tappy stuff on the edge of the box. You know, we we dealt with that really well. But Mikel Arteta obviously had a plan B, didn't he? And that plan B was exposing our weaknesses in defending set pieces and balls into the box, cross crosses into the six yard box, as Greasy says. And that that all points to him thinking that James Trafford can't handle it and, you know, on the face of it it appears to be right. But it's not he looks like his confidence is suffering. He's he's sort of punching the ball when he should be catching it and flapping at crosses and uh, that come in on top of him and you just can't you can't have a keeper that's low in confidence because that just that spreads through the team, doesn't it? If, Absolutely. If your centre halves aren't confident that your keeper's going to deal with stuff in the five yard box, that's where the indecision comes in. That's where I don't I don't know who's dealing with this. I don't know. So I <clears throat> I think if you've got a player regularly making mistakes because uh, they're low on confidence, you've got to take him out of the firing line. You? You've got to give him the chance to reset somewhere else. So. I agree with you. I think it's time to, you know, luckily, you know, that's why you've got, that's why we've got two top keepers, isn't it? So we can do that when we need to. So I agree with you. I think the time is right for him to bring Murich back and, and just give Trafford a little bit of time out of the, out of the firing line. He will, you know, we've every confidence that he will be a great keeper. Um, but at the moment, it, it's counterproductive to keep throwing in him at the deep, deep end and conceding these goals. Greasy? Yeah, I agree. I think, I, you know, we've done it with Aldekiel. I mean, Aldekiel's not been in the last two match day squads after a relatively dodgy performance, shall we say, or a run of performances where he's not yeah. been great. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong. I think it shows good leadership to kind of go, look, you've had that kind of, you know, crash course in Premier League football, but now what we want you to do is take a little bit of time out Look at the pace of the game. Look at how keepers do it. No Mike Trezor in the match day squad at the weekend. Um, you know, other players missing as well. No Jack Cork. You've got to be able to mix it up. You've got to be able to kind of give players a rest. Goalkeepers, you know, Arsenal have done it, haven't they? I mean, they're the great example. Ramsdale, I think I still think Ramsdale's a better keeper than Rhea. But for whatever reason, Arteta's decided that. Ramsdale's going to have a spell out the side. That will make him a better keeper. You know, and I think Trafford being able to observe, you know, he wasn't even on the bench against um, in the last Carabao Cup game. You know, it was Vigaroo, you know. So get him involved, but, you know, take him out of the firing line. I saw... Um, um, I saw a couple of the Arsenal players... Um, chatting to him afterwards, especially, um, you know, his ex-Ukrainian teammate whose name has escaped me. I'm forgetting all the Arsenal players' names tonight. Um, and he was basically just pointing out to him, um, you know, it'll come. 
Zinchenko, of course he is. Yeah, super, yeah. you know, super finish for his goal, by the way. Um, you know, he was just kind of saying to him, look, don't get too downhearted. You could tell the conversation. It's a bit of a shrug from Trafford and things like that. You just think his confidence is a little bit shot. Agree with you, Sammy. I don't think I, I, a lot of people kind of going, oh, he should do better on the first goal. I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe a bigger keeper comes and punches it and takes it away from the Saka versus Bayer duel. Maybe a braver yeah, keeper, a keeper, you know, does. clatters everybody at the back post and gets away with it. I don't know. For me, it's the two centre-halves who've, who've caught that up. Um, did pull off some good saves. You know, I was sat there thinking, oh, just get to half-time, we'll be all right. Trafford's played quite well. And then all of a sudden, I didn't say it out loud, but you think to yourself, just don't even think it. Don't even think it. Because as soon as it hits 45 and the ball comes into the box, we're 1-0 down. And 44 minutes of what is, you know, excellent play containing Arsenal, plus having a couple of chances herself. The the Amdouni chance is a good save. Johan should perhaps do slightly better with his effort, but he does quite well to kind of force Rare into a save. Um, you know, it suddenly gets undone. We then get back into it. And then Arsenal, as you say, plan B, go, right, you know what, let's play. They were playing for corners at one point. You know, they were playing to try and get set pieces around the box because they knew, you know, stick it, whip it in. I mean, Trossard, you know, that, that ball in to right on top of the keeper played into, played into Arsenal's game plan, really. And we never, you know, again, there's a couple of still images and it looks like the Everton goal. There's loads of Burnley players stood around watching and we've got the smallest player on the pitch marking the tallest. I mean, if David Moyes, you know, we've got West Ham after the international break. If David Moyes is watching that video during the international break, as he will be doing, he's surely saying, right, Mikel Antonio, I know where you're going to be on these corners, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And, you know, Jared Bowen or whoever it is who texts them corners, don't bother putting them all the way across to the back post. Just float it in there nicely. And that they're going to, other teams, you know, Premier League is a really tough school in that sense that people spot straight away your weaknesses. I mean, the danger is that, that everyone tries to do that. I mean, obviously, if we don't have Trafford in goal, then that, that removes that for that one. But yeah, I mean, Woody, what, what are your thoughts? Because it is, I mean, there is that factor as well that we've spent, you know, near, near enough 20 million on this lad. And there's, there's a, you know, there's a danger in dropping a twenty million asset, isn't there? Um, yeah, <clears throat> but we've we've spoken about this before, haven't we? You know, it was a, it was a solution that needed to create a problem, and it has done. But I think to your point there, Simon, it's all of a sudden we're going to find that we're being targeted. And to be fair, Arsenal did it quite successfully yesterday by just floating these balls in. It wasn't that first goal didn't just come out of nowhere. They tried that little move, Martinelli, just dinking it back to Zinchenko, Mm -hmm. him floating it over, and away we go. They tried that at least two times prior, and then it came off for the goal. And it's going to be a case whereby they could put Jared Bowen on Trafford. It wouldn't make a blind bit of difference, never mind his corners. You know, anybody... Every single side is going to do exactly the same from here on in. It's not just Trafford's fault. Yeah, he's a flapper, he's poor on crosses, etc. But if you look at that second goal, the way that everybody got pulled to the near post and all of a sudden people are flapping, standing. There's Amdouni stood behind Trafford when he's supposed Mm. to be marking on the line, etc. And it was a shambles from everybody across the board. But 
every single side from here on in is going to target us and it's going to be at least one or two easy chances, if not goals per game. So some, something has to give there, yeah. whether it's we do some, we, we obviously need to do shit on the training ground, but I think taking him out of the firing line for the time being is the more prudent move. Is there a chance that Ekdal will be back after the international break? I haven't, I haven't uh, picked well, up any any sort of I think, specifics. On I, think that. Keeper, <laughs> I think there is a chance. Yeah, I think he, I think he, there was rumours that he might make it on on Saturday, but he just missed out, didn't he? So he's obviously on the way back. I'm not sure. I mean, he's not played for a long time, has he? So you just wonder whether he's ready to jump straight back in again. But uh, that. You know, we talk about James Trafford, uh, um, you know, his, his lack of confidence. A good commanding goalkeeper gives the centre-halves confidence, don't they? And then, um, but he, he he hasn't been the only culprit in this. I think they all need to be doing better. Um, and not not defending set pieces properly is unforgivable, really, isn't it? Because it's like, it's that, yeah. great, it's that great leveller in football, isn't it? That really just requires organisation and concentration, you know. So if you can't, and if you can't, it's really, really strange to me that a team coached by one of the Premier League's all-time great defenders can't do the basics like this. Um, you know, it suggests either the players are not doing what they're asked of um, by a company or they're not good enough, you know. Maybe, maybe it's a bit of both, but they've got to start start learning fast. Um, I think I think Ekdal coming back would be a real boost though if he's fully fit because I think him him alongside Bayer is definitely our strongest two uh strongest center back pairing um but with a goalkeeper flapping behind them even even those two would struggle to um to uh you know have have confidence that the keeper's going to deal with everything that that he needs to I think Greavesy, I mean even if Ekdal isn't fit would you be looking as much as we've praised having the same team game after game for the first time, um, would you be looking to bring in maybe Delcroix instead of O'Shea in the central defence? Is it as it, O'Shea performance has been worrying enough to say we don't really like this? Yeah, I think I, I, I think if you can you can make one change, I think it's the constant chopping and changing where right what's the midfield going to be what are the wingers going to be what's the front four going to be that's not helped us um what i think does help is yeah you know what you take the weak link out of the defense because we have looked better since bear's been back and i you know i grant you it was his error for the first palace goal he's got beat for the sacker header for the first goal against arsenal so he's not without blame but he just feels like the defense feels less creaky, shall we say, with, with Bearing. I think it's very creaky with O'Shea. And I think, yeah, you know, Delcroix, you know, I floated the idea of having Taylor shifted inside and Delcroix at left back got pelters because, well, why are you playing them both out of position? Well, listen, they're both left backs and they're both left centre halves. You know, I don't make the rules here. You know, but I just think that having Charlie in the middle, again, just adds a bit of experience. <laughs> In that centre section, you know what I mean. I mean, I've got my wall chart. I'm just, I'm just going with what I've got. I can't, you know, if people think that Delquaz a left centre half and Charlie Taylor's a left back, and they can't play each other's position, that's not my problem. But me and Vinny, you know, we we're on the same page. We know they can play both. <laughs> um, it does come down to keeper at set pieces. Um, 
I was trying to think back. I don't think we've conceded many from set pieces and from corners. The problem is, of course, is now teams have seen it. You're absolutely right, Simon. You know, you think about West Ham, Ward Prowse from one side, Bowen from the other. That that ability to just hang it mm. in the six yard box, Antonio, um, Sochek, Sufal, Zuma, all of them players, you just go, just do what Saliba did, stand in six yard box, as close as you can to keep it, we'll hang it up, you know. If it drops out, I mean, it's a fantastic finish from Zinchenko, the kind of karate kid, you know, into the top corner. There's not a lot you could do about that. But we've got to find a way yeah. of being better. And I think it's bravery as well. We're too soft. And somebody said, well, you can't coach bravery. I think we did last season to a certain extent because we were soft as shite against Sheffield United and never found ourselves mm-hmm. in that position again. But it's that, you know, you can't coach it. But what you can do is you can make people aware of, look, if you're not willing to put your head in where it hurts, which is O'Shea's biggest problem for me, there's been several occasions when he's just not been willing to put his body on the line. And perhaps we've been spoilt with Tarkowski, uh, even Kevin Long, his maybe through more stupidity than um, than design, uh, Ben Mee, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> you know, we've, we're used to players putting mm. everything on the line. We had it last season with Arwood Bellis. To be fair... To be fair to O'Shea, to to be fair to O'Shea, he did almost score a goal for Arsenal with his face. Did you spot that? <laughs> yes. He managed to hit the bar with his face. I have no I idea how, how you do that. The bar. I, I asked that question on on Twitter, like how the has O'Shea hit the bar? You know, it hit his own bar yeah. from an opposition corner, and it was just like, and that to me is just a bit. Yeah. You know, somebody said, look, he's just a more expensive Kevin Long. You know, Kevin Long, whenever called upon, you could never get mm. more than six or seven games without us desperately needing one of the regulars to come back. But O'Shea's positional sense is bad at times. And again, maybe that's it. The back post, he's not quite sure where everything is. I think he's a good player. He's not a Premier League player, though, for me. Mm. That's him and Roberts off my Christmas list. I'd have Kevin Long. I'd have Kevin Long all day. I mean... The thing about Kevin Long is whenever he came into the team, everyone was like, oh, Christ, Kevin Long's playing. <laughs> I'm about to play Kevin Long here. And he never actually did much wrong no. when he came in. No. I mean, he, never looked, he never looked elegant or comfortable on the ball or anything like that. But he did the basics uh, pretty well. I mean, it's funny you mentioned Kevin Long, but for me, that just, just as an aside, I thought that was our most Dice-like performance of the season, really, in the, in the sense that, it was a recognisable formation. We worked hard off the ball. All the positive stuff was was that side of it, and it, it, that that encouraged me. I was saying on on our little stateside second half on the last podcast that I hadn't seen any evidence that we were capable of of grinding out enough results to stay up. That game provided me some. You know that did that did provide a little bit of an indication that we can set up against a top team. Um, and be and be difficult, you know. And Arsenal were nowhere near the best. We have to say that they weren't. They, you know, I mean, they've come in off, off off a busy schedule, and and they weren't at their best. But I want to throw one name out there as well because we, obviously we focus on the defensive side of it. But Zeki Amdouni, I'm, I'm trying to work him out. Yeah. I'm not. Sh- I'm I'm really not sure about him. So I need your wisdom, wisdom and expertise. I mean, Woody, what what do you make of him? Oh, bloody hell. Uh, he's mercurial, isn't he? 
is one of these where on a highlights reel is going to come across as looking like a a, a damn fine player. Yeah. But it's like, once you start taking the whole game into consideration, you see a little flash in the first half, then you forget for 40 minutes that he's been on the pitch and then he gets, then he gets hooked off. And that's when you're reminded again that he has been playing, Mm. you know, and he seems to want to overcomplicate, complicate things a little bit deeper. He's obviously wanting to, he's, he, he doesn't really look like wanting to play with his back to goal, for example, and he's wanting to do tricky stuff. When he does the when he does the nice stuff, it's very, very nice, but it's all very infrequent. And um, if you're asking, would you drop him for the next game, Simon? Uh, I may be tempted to try him, uh, try somebody else in that spot. Fleeting, fleeting moments, isn't it, Greaves? Yes. Yeah, I think I think I think Woody hit the nail on the head. I, there were a couple of times yesterday when you do forget he's playing. Um, and then he'll pop up on the halfway line, turn out and get, you know, take two or three players out of the game. And you'll go, oh, Christ, yeah, Zeki's playing. And then he'll sting the goalkeeper's fingertips with an effort, which is great. And again, but he is one of those players who mm. you get his performance level up to a burger, up to even a Vitinho. And they're completely different players. I know they are. But if you can make those marginal gains to get their performances up, then you'll have a fantastic player. Does he deserve a place in the starting lineup? I agree with Woody. I'd be very tempted. You know, whether that is bringing a Cullen back in to play a proper three in midfield and have Berger almost in the Amdouni, but also defensive number six role. So switching between 10 and six, whether we're in or out of possession, that to me would be the one. Ramsey, you know, we, we keep seeing flashes from Ramsey. Brilliant in the first half against United. Gave the ball away against Newcastle. Gave the ball away against Chelsea for goals. You know, Mercurial again, perhaps is the, you know. But I just think Amdouni at the minute, fleeting, as you said, you know, I think I think you've both hit the nail on the head with Amdouni. I, I I really want him to show us that potential that since December last season, when he was scoring for Switzerland, he was scoring for uh, Basel, he was scoring top scoring the Europa Conference. You want to see that, but again, nothing wrong with just sitting him on the bench and saying, "Look, this is the Premier League. This is the movement. This is the pace. You need to." You know, you need to learn to get into games a little bit more than he is doing, especially as a number 10, because that's an important role. Mm. Yeah. So so we, we like the idea of keeping a regular starting lineup, but we're dropping the key first. <laughs> I mean, we're, off. We're, we're tearing <laughs> it apart. What we, what we like the idea of is Brownhill and Berger, I think is what we're really saying as a pivot. What, yeah. what do you make of him, Justin? Um. I, I think he's clearly got quality, hasn't he? And I do wonder whether the fact that he drifts in and out of the game a little bit is more to do with the fact that, you know, quite often the ball's up the other end of the pitch, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that's that's one of the issues we've got. I mean, especially on Saturday against Arsenal, we didn't see that much of the ball. Um, but yeah, he asked that we have to find a way to get these forward players um, more involved. But I think I think with that, with that solid foundation that we've got now in that, with that sort of midfield diamond shape that he's 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 come across, I think there's an opportunity against lesser sides to see more of the ball and get those forward players involved a little bit more. Because um, you see flashes of, of of stuff from him that you just think, oh, why doesn't he do that a bit more often? But then he doesn't get the ball that often, does he? So um, 
I like I like him as a player. Um, I would like to see a little bit. I think I think Ramsey's been unlucky with his injuries. I think um, he, he showed a bit of quality in that in that position as well. Um, and I'd like to see a little bit more of him. But for now, I'm happy with Amdouni. I think I think uh, the more ball, the more the more of the ball we have as a side, and the more we can get it to him, the more he'll show what 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 his real qualities are. He's got a great touch, hasn't he? Mm. I mean, his first touch oh, yeah. sometimes, and his, and his close control and 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 his, his ability and speed to to move away from someone. But he sometimes he, I've I've seen it saw a few times yesterday where he'd get the ball, he'd, he'd maybe get away from his man, but then he'd run down a, a dead end. Mm. You know, he, but that may well be what you're talking about, Justin. That he's running down a dead end because there's not enough support around him because we're we're not we're not getting forward in in the numbers because we're being a little bit more careful away from home. It's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, Vitinho, you mentioned, uh, Greaves, Greaves, you mentioned that. I must admit, I've, I've been somebody, I said I said last summer d- during the, the early pods that I, I thought we needed to sign another right back because I didn't think he'd be up to it in the Premier League. But I must admit, I agree on yesterday's performance. It was it was encouraging. Um, is he going to keep his spot long-term, do we think, over Conor Roberts? Good question. Watch, watch it, why change it? If you've had uh, two decent performances, um, then why change it? Yeah, I think he's another one of those players too. Be more effective against the lesser sides, especially with his foot. You know, his pace down that side. It gives them, it gives the oppositions that that other thing to think about, doesn't it? Um, if he can get forward like he can in a way that Roberts tends to be a bit more of a sort of drift into the midfield. Kind. I'm not sure he's. I'm not sure he's got what it takes to do that job with this sort of system that we're playing now. Because um, you know, uh, Vitinho is going right up against their fullback and and trying to trying to move move it down the pitch uh, with his pace. Um, defensively, obviously, he's not as he's not as solid. But you know, the, the, I thought in 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 open play against Arsenal, they they all defended magnificently. So we you know we may have to reevaluate re- that a little bit as well. But uh, I'm not. We're not changing the right back. Uh, let's uh, let's keep at least that one position in uh, in play. <laughs> Greavesy, big picture. I know you've been looking at some comparative uh, situations um, from teams who struggled at the start of the season, and I know we can all expect this to be a very positive take. But I think from what you've been telling us, you you found a positive, and perhaps one that might not be uh, so positive as an example, but. We've got coming up. We've got we've got games against West Ham United, Sheffield United, and then straight away Wolves away on the Tuesday, and then on the Saturday, the 9th of December, Brighton away, um, and then Everton. It's it's a run of games that uh, there's no mega team in there. There's no big six in there. Where do we need to be then, based on these comparative? Well, tell us about the comparative things you've you've dug up. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all. Um... Just for just for just for Chris Borden because he keeps mentioning on the WhatsApp group Derby's record. Um, we're actually two points behind where Derby were at this point, so uh, we should probably get that stat out of the way first of all. So that's the <laughs> that's negative. not the positive one. <laughs> that's not the positive one. Um, you know, but just for just for Chris, I know he'll be listening even though he's not on. Um, they had two more points this stage and went on to get, you know, obviously record low points. But I looked at last season because I do think there's a bit of comparison with 
Forest in terms of them bringing in an absolute ton of players, not getting the system right, not settling too many new players, revolution, not evolution, blah, 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 blah. Um, after 12 games, they were bottom with six points. Now, I grant you that's two more than we've got. But don't forget, I'm counting the Forest game as a win. So I've got as level on points, essentially. Um, I know the football authorities probably won't <laughs> agree with me. I'm not going to get anywhere with that. But in my mind, that's where we are. But then the more interesting one for me, because, you know, Forrest being two points ahead is not that comparable. Wolves, after 15 games last season, again, survived 10 points. 10 points. Now, I think we've got, you know, I think, and again, sticking my neck out a bit here because of my wall chart, um, I, I think we'll be better than 10 points in five games' time. Now, that might be me being too optimistic, given the fact that we've only got four points. So, Wolves had 10 points after 15 games. After 15 games. Yeah. And then started to to build up a couple of points, you know, and things like that. And I think by, you know, by week 17, 18, 19, you know, they were still in, but third bottom. Southampton had sunk to the bottom, didn't really get off the bottom. Everton had dropped into the bottom. Leicester was starting to drop. You know, we're perhaps seeing teams like Forest not pulling away, Fulham beaten again today by Villa. I just wonder whether they are, they've got a cushion at the minute, but all that can change in the blink of an eye, can't it? We find ourselves bottom. There's only one way from that. So they're my comparisons. You know, we've still got to win football matches. We've still got to pick up points. Well, we have only words, got actually. four points. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But between now and game 38, we can't go down. You know, technically we can't drop into the championship yet. So there is only kind of, you know, so that's what I'm hanging my hat on. As long as we're better than fifteen point, uh, 10 points after 15 games, we're on track and me and Vinny aren't worried. That's it. That's all I've got. We're definitely, we're definitely. I'm definitely backing you on the idea that we can't actually be relegated until the season's ended. But <laughs> <laughs> that is that's know. a certainty, isn't it? That's the only that, certainty that's we've the got. Only certainty I've got. No, but it, it, there is a serious point there, which, which is both. You know, I think that I actually think the Forest ones are a more encouraging one because you're right. They spent they spent a, a similar amount of money, and everyone mocked them and said they've gone too far. They've destroyed the team that's come up. They've lost all their momentum. Um, they were playing like a bunch of strangers. And then they did find a way to recover from that bad start and survive. Mm. Um, I think that's the most encouraging example, really. Um, but you're right. It's interesting. I mean, are, are we going to pick up those points, though, uh, Justin, in, in, in these games? You look at West Ham, you know, these... Well, you look at... you. You've listed the games there. Uh, the, for those for, the first two of those are at home. I, I'm not seeing any of those games as being the kind that company calls those games that we've lost before we've even started. Um, and, you know, we we've, we just seem to me to be on the brink of something clicking or, or, or signs that it's starting to click a little bit. Um, and if we can play, if we can play like we played against Arsenal, against some of these teams that aren't, you know, on to that standard, um, you know, there'll be, there'll be obviously there, there's going to be more missteps along the way. We're still evolving as a side. We're still they're still evolving as players, 
but I think there's every reason to think, you know, that 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 idea that we put up uh, on the last episode that we it, that we need to just make sure we we stay in touch, um, you know, with the pack until the window opens again, and we might be able to fill in a few of those gaps in the squad that we know we know are there. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, I I, I think there's every reason to imagine that 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 is you know, possible, you know, it's not as, it doesn't seem as desperate to me as it did, uh, you know, before the Palace game. It, it seems like we've hit upon something now that we can start building on and these next six games are where we need to show that that, that we are learning and learning fast. Woody, you were, you, you, were, you were pretty in much in agreement in my sort of depressing verdict on the bonfire night sort of thing. Uh, has this performance at Arsenal allied with the Palace one in the way that Justin's just described? Has that given you a bit of belief that Greaves's uh, optimistic uh, comparisons might might offer us some hope? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> if we're being perfectly honest, I mean we we're managing still to find new ways to concede. If we compare it. Again, mm. the championship season, we always found ways to score and ways to win, irrespective. It seems to be this season we're finding any old fucking way to concede, etc. We weren't suddenly planning this week on, let's see how we can flap up balls in the six-yard box and get stuff 3-1 yet again. We, 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 we've learned quite a few different ways in, in his first few games you know, how to get stuffed. And I don't see how that's changing all of a sudden. It's not like it's not like we're getting like squeezed out one nil by Arsenal. They still trumped out extremely, extremely easily and extremely handily just by hoofing the thing into the six yard box, which is very mm. un Arsenal like. You know, so I, I I don't know until I start seeing these performances and mistakes being eradicated. Uh to a greater or lesser degree, then I don't see I don't see anything coming from it as yet. What we need is a performance like that first half against Arsenal, over ninety minutes, with a two-one win over West Ham at the end of it, and then I think a lot of things will feel will feel different. We just need just need that win, don't we? It's obvious. So thanks very much for listening to us. We'll be back again next week, looking at all things Claret and Blue. And uh, don't forget to follow us on at B-Hole Podcast on Twitter, X, Facebook, and leave us your reviews and thoughts and just get in touch with us. Send us a DM or a, a message on Facebook if you've got any thoughts or suggestions. Thanks very much indeed for your support. And on behalf of all the team here, thanks very much indeed for listening. Have a good week and up the clarets. <laughs>